0: College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper.
1: As I say they remember November, November is always important. Give them everything and show them that it isn't over till it's over. No play with y'all, food. Got the tone. Time to prove they are wrong. Yeah. Like it's for the one surprise them with the deep bomb going long. The magic man pulls out the magic wand. There it's one goal, there it's one green, so you gotta do the job.
2: Regardless of how they've played in the past, they'll play really well against us. Everybody knows that humility's a week
3: away.
1: This is my time. Hey, no fear, man. No this is my time. No
3: matter what, we got to play our best ball at the end of the year. This is my time.
0: How did we get to November? It's the first Thursday in November. Everybody happy to have you with us with Trevor Maddich and Sam Acho. I'm Wendy Nix. We've all had a day or two now to take a collective breath after those initial college football playoff rankings. So take a beat. It's time for at least a minute to get back to talking about football, and there is plenty of it headed your way this weekend. Our Weekend Wake Up brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. Bama LSU has always been a close affair, but the tide handed the Tigers a 38-point drubbing last year, the third-largest win by either team in this series. And Alabama and massive 25-and-a-half-point favorite tied for the largest spread in this series in the last 40 years. Sam, listen, as we make our way through the season, there are often different iterations of teams. There's ups, there's downs. That's just the way it goes. So I would like to ask you about Alabama right now. We know where they're ranked. What do you see from the Tide as we enter November?
1: Yeah, I will see a different Tide team. I see a team that I hope at least learned from their mistakes defensively over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, you have a loss to a team – like AM, you better get right, especially when you're coached by Nick Saban. That's defensively. Offensively, you have a quarterback like Bryce Young, who in a lot of people's eyes is a Heisman favorite. He can do it with his arms, as we all know. What impresses me about Bryce Young is the way that he runs the ball. Then you got guys like John Metchie, Jamison Williams. You got a good running game as well. So that's what I'm impressed by. Notice I didn't mention too many defensive players, not just yet, because they have so many holes, if you will, on defense. But I expect more of the same against LSU.
3: Say I miss their defense that I'm so concerned about because every other game the Bama defense is either dominant or frustrating because of mental errors that are uncharacteristic of a Nick Saban team. And here's just a few of those. This is a simple coverage, right? The expectation is that this guy will go back under that route when it goes inside, but the defender at the top of the screen doesn't get the inside help, and he's wondering what in the world is going on here. Well, that's one way to mess it up. Here's another way to mess it up. Man coverage now these two receivers will cross that happens all the time you either switch off or you get on different levels and follow your man but Bama goes to Plan C which is uh, I don't mind you getting beat just get beat doing the right thing and then things get completely absurd you tell me what's wrong with this picture these guys looking at the offense and this guy what in the world is he thinking about he's like well gee where's the offense they were here a minute ago where'd they go oh there they are really Right, That kind of mental error is not what we see coached by Nick Saban. And How does Saban feel about this? Well, that'll just about cover the drive-by. Now, two of those three plays were in their last game before the bye week, Tennessee. And that's why I want to see how they do against LSU in terms of their, their mental acuity, in terms of their assignment discipline.
0: Listen, it's a good thing we don't have Nick Saban mic'd up during some of, the, some of those moments of inconsistency because we know exactly... He'd be saying such a well-coached team with plenty of pieces in place. The question is, does it all kind of come together as we look down the stretch? Now, it is our featured rivalry game of the weekend. Uh, Take a look. LSU, of course, looking for the upset against Heisman hopeful quarterback Bryce Young. And number two, Alabama. This game is in Tuscaloosa. The Crimson Tide, by the way, have not won 9 of 10 against the Tigers and look to stay on track for yet another college football playoff run. That's 7 o'clock Eastern ESPN and the app. One app, one tap. We'll take a look now at our Dr. Pepper championship drive game of the week. What a year for Michigan State's Kenneth Walker, who sits atop the FBS in rushing yards per game. He's been amongst the most dangerous backs when it comes to just churning out their yards after contact. The all-important yak, as we know, and forcing missed tackles. The 8-0 Spartans face Purdue Saturday on ABC. And Treb, so much on the line. From Michigan State, what do you see when you watch Kenneth Walker?
3: Well, I see a guy like you mentioned, Wendy, that's really difficult to tackle, even to get a hand on when he's in the open field. But even more than that, it's how much pride his teammates take in blocking for him as a Heisman candidate. This is Kevin Jarvis. He'll help to dump... That defensive end, then there's nobody on the second level. So he keeps on going. He chips a safety on the third level and then into the open field. Now will number 15, will he touch him? Just get a hand on him. Just nope, can't even touch him. I think we'll finally get him, but I want you to watch Jalen Naylor and how he finishes this play. That's pride in blocking for your Heisman candidate. And that was all at the point of attack, right? The point of attack on this play is right up the middle, but it gets stuffed. But the two guys on the left are blocking his fanatically as if the play were originally wide left, because they know that with Walker, they could be at the point of attack at any moment. That's Connor Haywood and Jalen Naylor. Now this play was known for making the safety miss. That's Walker with a signature make miss, right? Let's look at it again, because the right tackle, A.J. Arcuri, pulls inside and smashes the nose guard. It's a wham play, it's an attitude play. So that nose guard knows he's not safe from any direction. That's what springs Walker into the open field. That's when he makes the safety miss. And so, yeah, Walker's fantastic. But the help that he has, you can see as an offensive lineman, how much pride they take in helping this guy out.
1: Yeah, the other piece on that, because that's a great film and all great points, but let's not forget about Purdue, right? So Purdue, a few weeks ago, they beat a number two-ranked Iowa team on the shoulders of David Bell. David Bell had 11 catches, 240 yards. Their defense was playing well. And Purdue came and really showed up defensively. Speaking of Purdue's defense, yes, Michigan State won the game last week against Michigan, but Michigan State didn't really protect the quarterback very well. gave a, gave up a couple sacks, uh, gave up a, a couple pressures to Aiden. Aiden uh, excuse me, to um, uh, Hutchinson, right? And so I get it. Michigan State's a better football team, but if you give up those sacks and those pressures offensively, it'll be an interesting game for the Spartans.
0: Well and let's be clear Sam I started by saying there's so much on the line there really is we get all worked up about what happened on Tuesday and there is some serious football still to be played and with that in mind we take a look at our one final team. Drive brought to you by Dr. Pepper and not surprising here, but Cincinnati getting a ton of love here in the results, receiving 52% uh, as the perhaps one final team. The Bearcats one of six remaining unbeatens in the FBS this season and have a quality win over Notre Dame in South Bend last month. Listen, Sam, we've talked about this all week. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody expected Cincinnati to be at two. They're at six. It's just the initial rankings. uh, But it does have you thinking this is a tough road ahead for Cincinnati. What's your takeaway after Tuesday?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tough road ahead for Cincinnati. But I really believe that everything's going to play itself out, whether you're a team in the top four or a team in that next kind of six, right? I think everything will play itself out. Alabama has some games that's still on their schedule, right? They may lose to Georgia in the SEC Championship. Michigan State has some other games they could potentially lose as well. Uh, And so, like, for me, I'm not as concerned about what we see right now as I am for, okay, dial into who you're playing this week, no matter what team you are. If you're Cincinnati, find a way to win and win and win and win convincingly, and then you'll be
3: A-OK. But Cincinnati at 6, Sam, that that bothers me a lot. Because if you compare them to Michigan State at 3, I think Cincinnati is a more complete team. Michigan State has an electrifying offense, but their defense gives up way too many yards. But well, let's just take a look at their resume on top of the fact that I think Cincinnati is just better overall. Both have one top 10 win. Cincinnati went to Notre Dame, won by 11. Michigan State at home against number seven, Michigan, won by four. Right? They have one common opponent, and that's at Indiana. The uh, Michigan State Spartans won by five, and Cincy won by 14. The rest of the schedule for both teams doesn't have any juice at all. So looking at that, I wonder why in the world the committee would put Michigan State three spots ahead of Cincinnati. To me, that's not right.
0: Well, Trev, I'm in agreement for the most part, but I will say this. When you say the schedule doesn't have juice, you're right. But to Sam's point, if these teams overlook anybody and, and get caught up in all this and don't take care of what they have to take care of, uh, then it sorts itself out in a different way. So we've got uh, another month, a solid month of college football. We've got more college football live, too, as it were. Still to come, our draft expert Todd McShay checks in. He'll have his latest wide receiver rankings and tell us how this year's class stacks up. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve, and in part by PlayStation. Play has no limits. Watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. Wide receivers were a focal point in this past draft, and apparently we can expect more of the same in 2022. A look at Todd McShay's top wideouts, led by Ohio State's Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, another Big Ten standout with Jahan Dotson in the mix. Arkansas's Trey Line, Burks, and USC's Drake, London, rounding out the top five. ESPN senior draft analyst Todd McShay joins us now. And Todd, let's look at this wide receiver class. What makes Wilson and Olave the top two?
4: Yeah, Wilson to me, the first thing that jumps out on the tape is he's a burner. The way he accelerates... Off the line of scrimmage puts so much pressure on defensive backs. Now, his best trade in addition to that is his body control. He reminds me a lot of C.D. Lamb when he was coming out of Oklahoma. Even if he doesn't get separation with his route, the late separation that he creates with his body control, adjusting to the ball in the air, adjusting the throws that are outside his frame, that's why he's averaging 17 yards per catch this season. He's a big-time playmaker. Then Olave might not be quite as fast on tape, But I love the route running. He's so smooth as a route runner, knows where he needs to be versus zone coverage. And when you study his game, I mean, he's got speed as well. I mentioned burner with Wilson, but don't take away from the speed with Olave. He has seven touchdown catches of 15-plus yards this season, which is tied for the most in all of college football. So you've got two speedsters coming out of Ohio State, and there's a chance that they're the two receivers that come off the board first in this year's class.
0: You know, it's been a year or year or two of the whiteout, you have to say. I think, how does this year's class compare to the previous two?
4: It's a tough question, Wendy, but I would say probably third when you look at, at, at 2021, that group was outstanding. Jamar Chase is off to a, a record start for rookies in his production. After that, you've got Jalen Waddell coming out of Alabama, Devontae Smith, the other Alabama wide receiver. They're both NFL-ready. Rashad Bateman and, and uh, Rondale Moore coming a little bit later in the second round and very productive early on as rookies. Then you go to 2020, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, even Michael Pittman. I mean, this class was loaded with – guys that were ready to play right away and have been good the last two years. But what I do like about this 2022 group is the depth. Behind guys like Wilson and Olave, you've got Jahan Dotson, who has elite body control and catches everything in his neighborhood coming out of Penn State. He, he to me, is just a, a dynamic playmaker, even though he doesn't have that big size of some of these other receivers like a Traylon Burks. From Arkansas. He's next on the list for me. 6'3, 225 pounds, and physical. He does a great job on 50 50 balls, and he's gonna break tackles after the catch. Then another big receiver, Drake London from USC. He had unfortunately the injury recently with his, his lower leg, they're calling it. Doesn't look as bad as initially suspected, which is great for London. Uh, but he was the best wide receiver in college football before that injury against Arizona. And he does it with that size, as I mentioned, and also the basketball background. This guy just knows how to use his six foot five frame to, to block defenders out and go up and make plays. And he's actually really good after the catch for a guy who's. Kind of a you know a long levered player at the wide receiver position, and then don't forget two more Alabama receivers. John Mechie came into the year as the star for Alabama. He's taken a back seat a little bit to Jamison Williams, who is an Ohio State transfer. He's a flat out burner, and I think Williams could wind up going ahead of the more heralded uh, Mechie coming into the season. Well, you got to watch this Williams guy. He is flying under the radar. I think he has a chance to maybe be the best receiver of this group when it's all said and done.
0: It's a factory in Tuscaloosa, Todd. You know that. They're just churning them out. There's plenty where that came from. And we no look doubt. forward to talking a lot more about this. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Meanwhile, number nine, Wake Forest, just keeps on winning despite, if not in spite of, very little national fanfare. The Dima Deacons face North Carolina this week as the top team in the ACC and face the real possibility of finishing the season unbeaten as ACC champions. Here's the head coach.
4: You really can't worry what the perception is. Uh, we're in this position because uh, we're playing well. Uh, our players are, are very focused and very locked in. And you know, this all becomes a good problem uh, when you get ranked and there's a little bit more of a target on your chest. And uh, again, we just need to control the controllables and that's our, our preparation, our effort, our focus. And so far we've done a great job with that.
0: Right now, Wake is a a two-and-a-half-point underdog against USC, according to Caesars Sportsbook. It would be the fourth matchup this season where an AP top-ten team was an underdog against an unranked opponent. And in those four matchups, it's the most in any season since 1978 when the FBS and FCS split. Uh, Sam, I started to say, you know, this team could, could win out, right, which means they'd be unbeaten if they end up winning the ACC championship. There's that, and they could still miss out on the college football playoff. I mean, that, that's just where they are. But what do you see or think of when you look at Wake Forest?
1: Yeah, well, when I look at Wake Forest, I think of two things. Number one, an explosive offense under Sam Hartman. That offense is, is unbelievable, right? They're putting up – they put up 70 points against Army, right? They're putting up uh, 45 points against other teams. That's what I see on offense. But then defensively, I see a lot of weak spots. Speaking of the Army game, they gave up 56 points when they played Army. And so when I look at that team, I say, okay, defensively they struggled. Big time against Army. They've given up. They struggle big time against guys like Brandon Armstrong, giving up a lot of yards, running and passing the ball against dual-threat quarterbacks. And then I look at, I see that, and I get a little bit perturbed or frustrated or concerned. But then I also know that they can put up points with the best of them. And so I look at that side as well, right? They can put up points with the best of them. And so those are two things that I see uh, with this team. Obviously, they're tested, right? They're going to be tested. UNC coming up. And you play uh, teams like Clemson. You play NC State, which is 6-2, and two. and so they're going to be tested. If they win out, I think they'll, they'll be fine.
3: Yeah, Sam, I love Wake Forest. I know you do, too. I mean, it's a great story. Fantastic offense. Sam Hartman, a quarterback, should be in the Heisman discussion until you start talking about them as a playoff team, because that defense, like you mentioned, Sam, just isn't ready for primetime. You mentioned they gave up 56 to Army. UConn held Army to 52. Ball State held army to 16 but army scored 56 against wake forest so that's just that's just one opponent for wake forest i know it's a triple option offense you can get behind that but wake forest i think needs to be judged for who they are and if you start comparing them to georgia, alabama, ohio state, oregon, those kinds of teams i don't think they're ready for that and they could be the first power 5 conference champion who is undefeated to miss the playoff because of that
0: not exactly the kind of history they want to make. Although, again, as you heard Coach Claussen say, it's a good problem to have. Keep winning, and everything uh, tends to take care of itself. Uh, it's Thursday, guys. Sam, what's that mean? You know it. Acho oh, Mind.
1: Acho Mind is coming soon. Everybody get ready. These are going to be the plays that make you go Acho Mind. Coming soon.
0: All right, right back when College Football Live continues. College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve.
5: What's good, fam? Welcome back to College Football Live. Jay Walker along with Tiffany Green. We're here to break down everything really quickly in the world of HBCU football. Well, breaking news, Donald Hill Ely is out as head coach at Alabama State after losing for the fourth consecutive meeting to their rival, Alabama A&M.
2: And that's the coaching profession. And HBCU landscape is losing one of the good guys. Donald Hill Ely brought Morgan State, where we're located right now, out of hibernation took that program on, but could not do the same down in Montgomery. Tough, but that's the way the business goes. A couple
5: of key matchups that we'll take a look out for this weekend. Southern coming off of their win handing Alcorn State their first loss in the SWAC West. Meanwhile, Florida A&M is playing outstanding football. They could very well be in contention
2: to get an FCS playoff spot. And I think that's what the HBCU community wants. Imagine a 9-2 Florida A&M getting an opportunity to play in the postseason. Let's not forget, they're the only HBCU to ever win an FCS or 1AA National Championship. And the key for Willie Simmons this year, it's defense. Their defense is good enough to win a championship.
5: Lastly, we will be in Durham, North Carolina for North Carolina Central Homecoming. Interestingly enough, Norfolk State playing in their second homecoming game. And Dawson Odom says we take that a little bit personally.
2: If you're going to go on the road in a raucous environment like you're going to see down there at Central Homecoming, you better have a quarterback. And fortunately for Dawson Odom, he's got quarterback Jawan Carter, who's a candidate for Black College Player of the Year. He is quite similar. Simply lighten it up. This is a dynamic offense. And look for the Spartans to go down and give the Eagles all they can handle. They are the number three ranked team in all of HBCU football.
5: Meanwhile, later tonight, we will have Dell State taking on Morgan State here in Baltimore. Back to you guys.
0: Guys, thank you. And once again, Thursday brings us mind, the place, the things, all the things that made Sam lose it. Sam, what you got? Yeah, so there are
1: three things this week that made me go, i chose mine." show number one. If you haven't seen it, it's time to check out this patch by Dontavian Wicks. Check out how he catches the ball with his feet. Dude, the catch with his hands. Watch. Brendan Armstrong with the patch. Pass. Drops it. Still keeps it with his feet. You don't need two hands. You need two feet. You don't need to run with them. You need to catch with them. That's play number one. Play number two, it's a catch, 100%. Lawrence Feely. y'all should have seen this already. Number one on the sideline, he was the number 17 running back in his class. Gets tackled, but stays up, and then he stays in bounds. Like, I was impressed by him staying up, number one. You'll see from this angle, right, stays up, keeps his knees up. But then to stay in bounds, all the momentum, tiptoes the sideline. That was phenomenal. And number three, the Ohio State Band trolling Michigan. This is one of the coolest things I saw all weekend imagine like the the precision it takes to get the trash can open it up put the michigan banner in there it went a lot slower than this in real life but we're trying to show y'all the whole thing trying to see it that for me made me go out your mind
0: yeah listen some serious coordination you couldn't get the three of us to do anything i don't even think go in the right direction much less that Trev. <laughs> pretty impressive
3: now, now the michigan state band has to rise up because that's impressive
0: That's right. We've thrown down the gauntlet, guys. Uh, We made it through a week. Nobody's nobody's lost it over the rankings. We're going to play another day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day. College football coming up this weekend.